Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservation. Welcome to, welcome to episode 466. Um, really finishing up a whole series of episodes on English, classic English furniture designs and, and uh, bench-made manufacture. Um, I want to finish this one up with a list that I've compiled of um, cabinet makers, designers, and manufacturers. You know, from the, uh, they're going to go in alphabetical order from the 17th through up to the 20th century. So um, let's get with our list. And this will conclude uh, English furniture for a while. We'll move on to another genre of episodes. Uh, Robert and James Adam. Two of the four sons of a Scottish architect, William Adam, all of whom followed their father's profession. Robert Adam is generally acknowledged to have taken the leading part in the production of the Works on Architecture book produced with James. Robert was born in 1728 and died in 1792. He was in Rome in the 1750s and investigated uh, the classic revival he was the most influential after 1765 of the brothers, and much of the finest furniture in the second half of the 18th century was produced under the influence of his design. The classical revival gradually superseded the Chinese, Rococo, and Gothic taste, which are noticeable in Chippendale's Director of 1754. And in later years, Chippendale carried out work in the style of Robert Adam, and that became made actually made Chippendale much more famous than his own designs. Next, Andre Charles Bull. He's not an Englishman, he's a Frenchman. A French artist of Louis the Fourteenth period, after whom a form of marquetry made from shell metal was named after. Bull or Bull furniture was also popular in the Regency period in England, but it is thought that the English marquetry of the William and Mary period was influenced by the French bulb designs. Matthew Bolton, famous for his collaboration with James Watt on the steam engine, but his Birmingham foundry also produced metal ormolu mounts for furniture from 1762 for many years. Next, and not least, Thomas Chippendale. Not very well do documented personally, is he? But famous for his book of designs, The Gentleman and the Cabinet Maker's Director, first published in 1754, and for his work as a cabinet maker and carver, in particular in mahogany. The book starts with the five classical orders, but rapidly reflects the contemporary taste for Chinese Rococo and Gothic styles. It is suggested that Locke and Copeland's book, The New Book of Ornament in 1746, was the source of Chippendale's. A very important book, Chippendale's Director, as it is called, is now used to describe the styles of domestic furniture illustrated therein, although some of the pieces were never made. In fact, most were never made. Chippendale styles cover the years of 1740 to 1760, and of course, many later reproductions. Apart from his grand furniture in the Chinese, Rococo, and Gothic manner, he is associated with the more severe straight square leg 
which superseded the cabriole leg on chair legs in the 1740s and onwards. In later years, the firm of Chippendale carried out work for and in the style of Robert Adam. Henry Clay, originator of papier-mâché furniture about 1772, made by building up layers of paper with pitch and oil over an iron frame, usually finished by painting and decorated with inlay. J. Cobb, with his partner, William Vile, the firm of Vile and Cobb were justly celebrated in the years of 1755 through 65. They were cabinet and furniture makers and upholsters to George III, and pieces by them remain in the royal collection. Cobb was originally the upholster until Vile's retirement in 1765. M.A. Copeland, a major designer with Matt Matthias Locke, Robert and Edwards, a Victorian firm who specialized in 18th century reproductions. Robert Gillow. Gillows of Lancaster were in business in the mid-18th century. Heppelwhite was a Gillow apprentice and continued on throughout the 19th century. Robert Gillow came from Lancaster, where the furniture of the Oxford Street branch in London was made. The firm's cost books from about 1790 with their designs are now in Westminster Public Library. The first reference to a Davenport occurs in their cost books to Captain Davenport, a desk. Thomas Hay was a partner of both father and son of Thomas Chippendale. George Heffelwhite died in 1786, but his cabinet maker and upholster's guide published afterward in 1778 greatly influenced many cabinet makers. He is well known for his chairs, for which the splayed curved foot, which replaced bracket on chest, and for much inlaid decoration on furniture. He used classical motifs a great deal, which were similar to those of Adam. The shield and oval-backed chairs are in particularly associated with Heppelwhite, as with the Prince of Wales feather motif, but he's also published in many other design books, including square backs of chairs, which we now associate with Sheraton, knife box, cellarettes, sideboards, and particularly serpentine and bow-fronted commodes appear in Heppelwhite's designs. So do square chest of drawers with both bracket and splayed feet. Holland and Sons, a celebrated 19th century firm who produced French and English 18th century reproductions. Thomas Hope, scholar and architect who published a book, Household Furniture and Decoration, in 1807. His designs were formalized of classical type with much zoological decoration and drew on nearly all the ancient civilizations for their forms. I just want everyone to realize out there that we're talking about several firms that in the end of the second quarter to the through the beginning of the fourth quarter of the 19th century were producing high, high-end reproductions. And that's why when you're seeing a piece of English furniture, you need to know the type of moldings in particular that were made. These moldings tend to change the style of dovetails, drawer construction, and that is, a, so hence the, the reproduction of the 18th century originals are better made 
but bring less value. But you have to know how to denote and connote their uh, their origins. It's very important. William Ennis, partner in the firm of Ennis and Mayhew, of high reputation, who published a book of designs, The Universal System of Household Furniture, in 1759 through 63. Ennis was actually the designer. Mayhew apparently being the businessman. Chinese and Gothic designs with frets are prevalent in their book. The firm continued in existence until the early 19th century. Jennings and Betridge obtained a patent in 1825 for decorating paper mache with pearl sheen inlay, a feature used on paper mache furniture for some considerable years afterwards. Thomas Johnson, a mirror man, contemporary with Chippendale and described as a carver, around 1755 of Grafton Street, Soho, who produced a design book of very intricate Rococo frames and console tables. William Kent, architect, born in Yorkshire in 1684, went to Rome in 1710 and returned to assert classical values upon house and furniture in a somewhat grander manner. The broken pediment, the supporting eagle, festoons of fruit, ball and claw feet, all on a gigantic scale, are the hallmarks of William Kent. He died in 1784, but had considerable influence in the early mahogany period of 1730 to 1745. Langley, Batty, and Thomas produced a book, The City and Country Builders and Workmen's Treasury, of designs in 1740, a manual for craftsmen containing mainly architectural designs in the prevailing classical Chinese Rococo and Gothic tastes. Peter Langlois, a cabinet maker who supplied furniture for Cyan House in Strawberry Hill, 1760 to 1770, and who worked a good deal in the Bull Manor. Matthias Locke. Locke published several books of designs starting in about 1740 and, with Copeland, produced a new book of ornaments in 1746. It is thought that since they worked for Chippendale, he copied their designs for his own famous director. Subsequent publications by Locke were more in the Adams style, though. J.C. Loudin published his Encyclopedia of Cottage, Farm, and Village Architecture in 1833. Robert Mann Warning published a book of designs in 1765, The Cabinet and Chairmaker's Real Friend and Companion, containing many designs for chairs, some of them rather clumsy. Thomas Matthew, George Sendon, 1727 to 1801, a cabinet maker whose firm was large and which covered nearly all the trades. One of the few times this has happened in history. Thomas Shearer, cabinet maker and author of Designs for Household Furniture, published 1788, a contemporary of Heppelwhite and Sheraton, but it is, his designs are nearer to Sheraton in style. Thomas Sheraton, not a cabinet maker at all, but a publisher of designs, 
Thomas Sheraton produced, starting in 1791, the cabinet makers and upholsters drawing book, using many of the same motifs as Adam and Heppelwhite. He's associated with squareness, square chair backs and tapering, square section legs, inlays, and painted decoration were also used. Many quite complicated dressings, writing, and Pembroke tables appear in his designs, which include in the Carlton House writing table, cylinder and tambour style tables and desks, washstands, kidney-shaped games and sofa tables. George Smith, cabinet maker and author of a collection of designs for household furniture and interior decoration, 1808. William Vile, senior partner of the firm Vile and Cobb, probably the most famous of the period, 1755 through 65. And lastly, to finish this section up, is Wright and Mansfield, a firm of cabinet makers of the period of 1860 to 1886, who made fine classical 18th century designs of Adam and Sheraton inspirations. So thanks everyone listening for all these episodes of uh, British Furniture. Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing off. And again, can't say it enough, please pass on to anyone who uh, listens to and adores history, aspiring scholars, collectors, and connoisseurs. Thanks for listening.